Last week I had the privilege of going to Journey, and you had the privilege of having Peter preach, which I'm sure was wonderful. I'm grateful that we have people who can do that, and when uh, Jack preaches, or when Kevin preaches, or Peter or Bob has preached, and it's just wonderful when others have a chance to do that. So God blesses us richly for sure. I had a great experience uh, at Journey. It was wonderful to be there. That's the first time that I had a chance to be with them on a Sunday morning, and I was greatly blessed to to be at Journey Church. And for those of you who don't know, Journey Church is the, the church that we helped plant a couple of years ago. And so we're grateful that they continue to be the Lord's body and that God is blessing them. I must admit that it's, uh, it stretches me a bit uh, to preach to you normally, but certainly this morning, because of who you are. We have people here this morning who have been Christians for over 50 years. Okay, there are people here who've been Christians for over 50 years. We also have people here who are just beginning their spiritual search. And it's a little bit challenging to try and hit both groups right between the eyes. People who've been Christians for 50 years and people who are just brand new to the faith. We're also a bit challenged because of our subject. And I think I can do this. No. I turned it off. Did I turn it on? Excellent. For the last several weeks, we've been talking about what it means to take the good news of Jesus Christ into our circles of influence with us. And if you don't know, what that means is that we're all called to speak to others on behalf of Christ. We're called to go into wherever it is that we live whether it's the grocery store or the place where we work or with the neighbor next door and talk to other people about Jesus Christ. Scripture calls us to do that. In fact, there's something compelling about being a Christian that kind of makes that almost flow out of us. Now, most of you are Christians who hear the call from God to share your faith. Some of you, like we just said, are just hearing of the faith to which God is calling you. And if you're just hearing of the faith to which God is calling you, you have been overhearing for several weeks now this conversation that we've been having about taking Christ into our circles of influence. And so this is an interesting circumstance. Because I've been talking about talking to others about Jesus, even while there are people in the room with us today who need to hear about Jesus. It's kind of an interesting phenomenon. People who've been Christians for a long time need to know what it means to take to the gospel to others, and yet there are people here who are hearing about the gospel for the first time. Now, the people who have been new and don't know Christ have been overhearing for a while this conversation about taking the good news into the world with us. Today, I want to primarily speak to the people who are just hearing of the faith to which God's calling you. And so, I'm talking to you today... If you're not a Christian, and today the people who will be overhearing are the people who already are. And so there have been people here who have been Christians for 50 years, and they have a chance to overhear a conversation about you. Those of you who don't know Christ, they're going to hear that conversation. Now, some things I want to tell you. First of all, you have joined a group of growing people this morning for worship. And when I say growing, I mean something like this. I mean that like you, we are all on a search 
learning to be what God wants us to be. And so if you're here this morning, you think to yourself, these Christians must be perfect. I assure you that we're not. I promise you that I'm not. And the fact is there are some other Christians here that aren't either. And God is going to bless us even as we sit among people who are actually not perfect this morning. In fact, I can't find one person among us who's really perfect. We are people who sin and instead are forgiven by Jesus instead of being perfect. Now what that means is that because we're growing, we have much still to learn, which means that we're just like you. So if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, then rest assured you're not alone. Because there are a whole lot of people around you everywhere who don't fully live the way that Jesus wants them to live. And therefore they have a lot of growing to do, and I do too. So you're not alone. We're all kind of in this together this morning, having an opportunity to learn some things about Christ. Well, one of the things that we've been working on is this growing in our obedience to Christ's command for us to share our faith with others. And you might wonder why we talk so much about that. Why does the preacher get up and talk to people about talking to others about Jesus? And here's the reason. It's because from Jesus we have received this command. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And as those who want to follow Jesus, we want to do best be our very best at what it is that God has commanded us. And so if God has told us to go into the world and to preach to other people about Jesus, that's what we want to do. It makes sense that Christians would gather together and talk about that subject. How is it that we can better know Christ? Because of commandments just exactly like that one. And part of my role is to encourage us in doing that. And so that's what we're doing this morning. We've been talking about how to share the good news about Jesus with those around us and as I said, it's been a several-week kind of process. We've been talking about how the early church had no specific method, no specific plan or strategy for doing evangelism, except for one plan and one strategy, and that's this. That we every day, in our relationships with those that we meet, would be communicating to them about Christ. We would develop relationships with people and we would take before them Jesus. That means that we'd go with authenticity into our world. We've talked about these things in the last few weeks. It means that we would go with compassion into our world with the gospel of Christ. It means that we would be going with sacrificial service. And then as you heard Peter talk about last week, it means that we would go with an impact living out our faith before people. And that as we live out our lives in a kind of natural way with the gospel, the people would understand who Jesus is and would want to come to Christ. Well, all of this has been shared so that we can take the good news about Jesus Christ into our circles of influence, fulfilling the command about who Jesus is, taking Jesus into our world. Now, what's cool this morning is this, and that is that I get to talk to people who both need to hear about Jesus and people who need to hear what it's like to share the gospel with somebody else. Both things, I think, can happen at the same time. And so this morning you have an outline with you, and I'd like you to look at that outline. And if you don't have an outline, by the way, raise your hand. 
Okay, we've got some people with some outlines in the back. Keep your hand up until you get an outline. What we want to do this morning is to give the essence of Christianity. To give the the heart of the faith, to talk about the basics of what it means to be Christian. And for those of you who are new, for those of you who don't know Jesus, this is important for you to get. We believe that everybody needs to know about Christ. And so we want to share with you Jesus this morning. For those of you who have been Christians for 50 years, you might think to yourself, well, I've heard this before. I got this one down. But you know, all the time, when I talk to people about evangelism and about what they're doing in terms of being evangelistic, here's something I hear a lot. Christians who need to be talking to others about Christ will say to me, Kelly, I would love to... we got one, one more up here, guys. Maybe two more up here. Thank you very much. One of the things that people always say to me is this. I would talk to other people about Jesus, but I don't know enough. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to talk to anybody about Jesus. Well, that's not a great reason to not talk about Jesus, but it's totally understandable. Like, if you don't know what you're doing when it comes to talking to other people about Jesus, you don't know where to turn in the Bible, or you don't know what to say, it makes total sense to me that you would be apprehensive. And so what I want to do this morning, for those of you who have been members for a long time, and those of you who have been Christians, is I want to show you some things that you need to know and some truths to the people who don't know Christ. And they're both the same thing. Things that you need to know as a Christian and the things that the non-Christian needs to know about who Jesus is. These things are things you need to understand so that you can have some comfortableness in your life in sharing Jesus with others. So I want you to look at your outlines. The first line at the top says this. Christianity is about a truth which is both very profound and very, what do you think? Simple. It's a simple answer, eh? Christianity is about a truth which is both very profound and very simple. That's the first blank on your outline. We have a need. God has an answer. A response is called for. We have a need, God has an answer, a response then is called for. And so if you're not a Christian this morning, one of the things I want you to understand is that God recognizes needs in your life. And I want to talk about those needs for just a minute. The need, number one, if you're not a Christian, God created the world and human beings and he loves them. That's the first thing I want you to know. And that's the first thing that those of us who are Christians need to be able to communicate with those around us who are not. God created the world and he loves them. He loves us. He loves you. And because God loves you, because he does, he wants good things for you. He ultimately wants to be in relationship with you. Human beings, since the beginning of the world, have been, unfortunately, unloving and disobedient to God. And the Bible calls our unloving behavior toward God sin. And so God loves us, 
But unfortunately, we don't always love God in return. And that's kind of the condition of humanity. We stand in front of God and don't always do what God wants us to do. Number three there, sin has become, in fact, a huge barrier between ourselves and the perfect God who loves us. God wants more than anything to be in relationship with you. He created you so that you could be in relationship with him. But sin has become this huge barrier so that no matter how much human beings want to be in relationship with God, it's not going to happen as long as sin stands in the way between those sinful humans and God. And that means, unfortunately, you and me. Sin is going to be there between me and God unless something happens. So number four, God wants more than anything else to be in wonderful relationship with us, but sin prevents us. I've got two sons. Love them incredibly. Always want to be, ever since they were little boys, in relationship with these two boys. Now they are grown men living off somewhere else. I don't know what they're doing all the time. Megan, where are you, Meg? Is she in the nursery? See, I don't even know where she is. Thank you. Thanks, bud. I try and keep track on her, and, and I do okay most of the time. But she sometimes slips away. Well, I want to be in a relationship with her too. Well, what would happen if my two boys, when I can't supervise them, I can't watch them, they just went off the deep end? What if one of them just called me one day and said, Dad, uh, just wanted to let you know I've become a drug addict. Okay? I'm, uh, I'm not at all what you want me to be. My life has taken a completely different turn, and uh, I don't love you anymore. If that was to happen, and unfortunately, some of you in the room know, don't know just exactly a reality like that, there is going to be a barrier between us. That's going to be a real barrier. And it's not going to prevent me from loving my children. I still would. In exactly the way that God would continue to love us and does still love us. But it's still going to be a barrier. And when my son comes home and it's uh, Christmas time and he decides to start using his drugs in the middle of the living room while we're all sitting around the Christmas tree, that's going to be a problem. Something is going to happen to our relationship. It's going to break in some way because of his drug abuse. Now, what would need to happen then, aside from me continuing to love him and to be the father who wants to nurture him and get him out of that, is that he's going to have to stop using drugs. The barrier that had come between us, that now separates us, is going to have to be taken away if we're going to have the kind of relationship that I want to have with him. Otherwise, it's just not going to happen. And the same thing is true in our relationship with God. There is a real barrier that develops between human beings and God because of sin. Now, here's another thing that compounds it. God is just. And God can't just ignore our sin, for sin requires justice and the payment of a debt. And so you think to yourself, well, Kelly, you can talk about sin, and that puts a a barrier between myself and God. But is that really that big of a problem? Can't God's love just overlook that sin problem and I can still be in relationship with him? And the answer is no. 
Sin is too big of a barrier. And God himself is too holy. And God loves you. He cares for you. He created you. He wants the very best for you. But the problem of sin in your life still acts as a barrier between yourself and God. It just does. And God's holy nature disallows him from being in perfect relationship with those who insist on living a life of sin. And in fact, who have sin in their lives at all. Which, in fact, we all do. We, as weak human beings, are not able to fix this problem. And we can't pay the debt. The problem is too big. And so if you came here today thinking to yourself, well, I'm not a Christian, but I'm a good person. I do some good things. And because I do some good things, the barrier between myself and God is probably taken care of just by the fact that I'm relatively good. And we hear this all the time. People say, well, I know so-and-so, and yeah, he doesn't go to church or anything, but he's a good person, and I'm quite confident that God will take care of him or God will give him eternal life or whatever God is going to do for them because they're a relatively good person. We hear that all the time. And God and Scripture, God's Word says no. That's not the way it is. That the barrier of sin between humankind and God is just too big and God is too just. He's too holy. And the kind of relationship we want with him cannot exist wherever there is going to be sin in the middle. His holiness won't allow it. And so, we're in a tough spot. Which leads us to ask, what will fix the problem? How will justice take place? And how can we be in relationship with God? How is this going to happen? And and this is the, the point at which every person who doesn't know Christ needs to come. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, I'm hoping that you get to this point in your life. I'm hoping that you say to yourself, I don't really have a relationship with Christ. There is sin in my life and I need somehow to be what God wants me to be. And I hope that you get to the point where you ask that question. How do I fix this problem? How is this problem going to be fixed? How is it going to be remedied? Because it's the problem that every human being faces. And you need to be able to ask serious questions about what does this mean for me? What does it mean for me in terms of my eternal destiny? What does it mean with respect to my relationship with Christ? If sin has become this huge barrier that separates us from God, something has to be done. And I hope that you take that personally that you recognize in your life the need that's there, the huge need for salvation that all of us need to have answered. Now, you can't do it. You can't do it. And so if you can't do it, how's it going to happen? There's only one way, and that is for God to provide the answer, and that's exactly what he does through Jesus. And so God loves us so much that he gave his son to receive the punishment for our sin, thereby bringing us to forgiveness. So if you look at your outline when it says the answer, the answer is that God loves us. 
so much that he gave his son to receive the punishment for our sin, thereby bringing us to forgiveness. Now, in case you have been a Christian for a long, long time and don't recognize the significance of that anymore, that is the most beautiful message that humankind can possibly hear. It's the message that despite the sinfulness that is in our lives and the separation that exists between ourselves and God, that God has done something to bring us back to himself because he is the answer. Jesus died on the cross for you and your sins so that your sins could be forgiven and so that you can have relationship with God. If my son and I were estranged, I don't know what it would take. I don't know how it is that he would find himself because of his mythical drug problem, hypothetical drug problem. I don't know how it is that he would come back to relationship with me. I don't know if that means he'd go to a halfway house. I don't know if that means that someone he knows would have to do an intervention. I don't know if he would somehow come to some realizations on his own. But something would happen, have to happen in order for that relationship to be changed. In this case, something had to happen, but humankind couldn't do it. And so God does it by sending Jesus to die on the cross. After his death, and after the forgiveness that human beings receive through Jesus, then Jesus was raised back to life by God so that death itself could be overcome. And so there's power in resurrection... There's change that takes place. There's new life. There's renewal. And the person who was so separated from God and so far away and couldn't have relationship now has the chance to have real relationship with God because God is the one who meets the need within humankind. And that means for us that through Christ, death has no power over us and we have opportunity to be in relationship with God forever. Because Jesus rose from the dead, death itself has no power. And now I have opportunity to live forever because of my relationship with Jesus. For a lot of us, I like to talk about this being me, but I don't know if I'm there anymore. I'm just so young that I can't think that much about death. Now as I get older, it does kind of cross my mind occasionally. For some of you who are older than I am, It crosses your mind even more than it does mine. And one of these days, for all of us, that's going to be a reality that we're going to have to face. And Jesus, through his resurrection, has provided power to overcome not just sin, but also death. And death doesn't have a grip on me like it once did. Death itself is defeated, and I have a chance to live. Now, There's two things that have happened today. One is that those of you who don't know Jesus have heard the basics of the gospel. You've heard the basics of what it means to hear about Jesus, the problem that exists between yourself and humankind, and you've heard about the remedy that's there that God provides to bring us back to God. For those of us who've been Christians for a long time and you say to yourself, you know what? I'd love to talk to people about Jesus, but I don't know what to say. I don't want you to throw the outline away. I want you to keep it. And I want you to keep it because you find there 
a way of communicating to others something about the good news of Jesus. And then I want you both, non-Christian, Christian, those who have been here for a long time, those who are brand new, I want you to notice that on the bottom of the sheet there is a list of passages. And for those of you who don't know Christ, I encourage you to go through those. Look at them, study them, pay attention to those, and in the process you're going to have a chance to come to know Jesus. Those are passages that just tell the bare, bare bones, the basics about who Christ is and what it is that he's done for you. And those of you who've been Christians for a long time and you say to yourself, boy, I talked to others about Jesus, but I don't know what to say. I don't know the Bible well enough to know how to communicate to them about Christ. There's a whole list of passages there that you can go to that will say, here's who Jesus is and here's what he's done. And those around you can hear the gospel, not just from the preacher on Sunday morning or from me to make an appointment with somebody on Tuesday night, but they can hear it from you. And the point is, is that we're in the process of going into all the world. All of us are. And we want to be able to communicate with others about Jesus. If the barrier of not knowing what to say is your barrier, then I hope that one is taken away. And if you don't know Jesus... I'm hoping that the barrier of understanding what sin is and what needs to happen in your life with reference to the accepting Christ as your Savior and Lord, I'm kind of hoping that you heard that message this morning too. God can work through us to change our world one by one, one sinner at a time. If we take the opportunity to go into our world with the gospel and to communicate with those people who need Jesus so badly. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for the good news of Christ. Father, help us to be willing to take into our circles of influence the message of the gospel. Help us to understand it, Lord, if we don't know it. Help us to see who Jesus is and what he's done. To be willing to take seriously the barrier that exists between ourselves and you. And then to see Christ erode, destroy abolish that barrier that exists between us and for us to come and be reconciled to you in relationship to know you as Lord and Savior to be raised from our old lives into new lives and to become what you want us to be thank you for making that possible through Christ thank you for giving us the church that carries this message into the world it's through Christ we pray Amen